This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. Legendary Boston P.I. Spencer is back in Robert P. Parker's Bye Bye Baby, the 50th installment in the critically acclaimed saga started by the late Parker and the 10th now written by New York Times bestselling author Ace Atkins. Over the years, fans have looked to Spencer, widely considered to be Parker's greatest creation as a symbol of honor and honesty in a sordid world. Carolina Garcia Ramirez is a rising star in national politics, taking on the establishment with her progressive agenda. Tough, outspoken, and driven, the young congresswoman has ignited a new conversation in Boston about race, poverty, health care, and the environment. Now facing her second campaign, she finds herself not only fighting a tight primary with an old guard challenger, but also contending with numerous death threats coming from hundreds of of suspects. Ace Atkins is the New York Times bestselling author of 28 books, including 10 books in his Quinn Colson series and picked by the Robert B. Parker estate nearly a decade ago to continue the Spencer series. He's written 10 novels about the iconic private eye, lives and works in beautiful Oxford, Mississippi. Robert B. Parker was the author of 70 books, including the legendary Spencer detective series, the novels featuring police chief Jesse Stone and the acclaimed Virgil Cole Everett Hitch westerns as well as the Sonny Randall novels, winner of the Mystery Writers of America Grand Master Award and long considered the undisputed dean of American crime fiction. He passed away in January of 2010. Happy to have Ace Atkins back on this program. Ace, welcome. Hey, thanks. Always a pleasure talking with you, Steve. Thank you, Ace. Same here. And so this is the final Parker uh, novel for you. Yeah, this is, uh, I think this was a good time. You know, I like, I like nice, uh, even numbers and, uh, it was the 50th uh, Spencer. I remember uh, being very excited when the 25th Spencer came out. Uh, there was sudden mischief that, that Bob had written, and then I was really honored uh, that his family chose me to keep these books going uh, 10 years ago. But after 10 years, you know, I've, I love writing these books. I love Spencer. I love this world. He is one of my, will always be one of my favorite characters. But, uh, you know, at some point, the books, you know, truly are never mine. They're they're always just a tribute to Bob, and I think that this was a good place to to, to get off the bus and and to, to continue working on my 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 own stories. Where did the idea for this story come from and this character? Well, you know, I don't think anybody is is lost to the the crazy. Uh, you know, division that we have in this country right now, and and really just a so much heated debate, more of a, a heated uh, political divide than anything has ever witnessed in my lifetime, for sure. Um, but what really struck me as I read a stories uh, about different senators, not always. You know, people I think think this is strictly about AOC, but not necessarily. Um, you know, uh, also very much really Ayanna Presley, who who was in that particular district in in uh, Boston, but. Uh, you know, I, I read about, you know, the threats against, and this was before, um, you know, the, the insurrection of the Capitol and before all the violence at the Capitol, uh, that I came up with this idea and I thought about how these senators have to go to their work every day, you know, not just getting one crazy death threat, but getting hundreds, and, and, and in some cases like AOC, thousands, and how they continue to do the work. And the other thing that I found out is that, you know, the Secret Service does not provide them with any type of security detail. And what do they do when they leave detail? and they've got to go back to their home turf, and they're continuing to get these threats. And so that all kind of culminated in, in really the perfect story for Spencer um, is, is really, um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a political story, but I think it's, it's very true to the times. So I think it's a very timely story. 
you really nail Boston in all, all of these 10 books, all the landmarks and the streets and the places in that city. How much time did you spend and have you spent in that city? Well, I could, I could be honest now after 10 years. Um, I, I have not spent a lot of time in Boston at all. The, the most time I ever spent in Boston before I started writing Spencer was, uh, you know, traveling the world in Parker's books. But but as a credit to the great the late great Bob Parker, as I felt like I had been there countless times, uh, you know, vicariously through Boston, uh, through through Spencer and Susan, getting to know Boston. But over the last ten years, um, I, I made it my personal mission to know every corner of that city, and um, you know, out in the different neighborhoods, and, and, and down into Southie, and to get to know. Quincy and, you know, all, all over the place in Boston and Cambridge. I actually was fortunate enough to have a good friend of mine that has a condo in Cambridge, and that's often where I would stay when I was starting to write the novels. I'd work out of Cambridge. And so it's been a just a huge amount of fun getting to know that city. And, and I really know now why Bob loved it so much. And he did love Boston, and he loved, you know, just the the, the pleasure of being there. And I think that's one of going to be one of the main things that I will miss is those frequent trips to Boston. Ace, what's the challenge in writing someone else's series? You probably get asked that a, a lot. No, I mean, I do, but, but it's a, it is the question, you know. Uh, the biggest challenge for me is, you know, I'm not just writing about these characters as – Ace Atkins, you know, I'm not writing about these characters and take, you know, doing my take on it. You know, we've seen that with iconic characters like Philip Marlowe and, you know, somebody or James Bond, and then they'll do that author's version of that character, whatever. But really from the onset, and I I think this is why uh, Joan Parker hired me, is I I really wanted the the transition to be as seamless as possible. And I wanted, uh, you know, the book that I wrote, Lullaby, after Six Kill, to feel like the next logical installment after that. And I wanted it feeling that the story was still flowing evenly. So in order to do that, I'm not just telling a story, you know, as an author, and I'm not making decisions just as, as my experience as a writer and in my own voice. I'm writing it in someone else's voice and making decisions as I feel like Bob would have made. And so that's the added complication. When I'm writing a Quinn Colson book or writing one of my own novels, I can do whatever the hell I want to. You know, I can I can change things up in any way. I can tell the story in reverse. I can tell it from a different point of view. I can tell it in first person. I can tell it in third person. The only limitations are upon me as the author. But when I'm writing a Spencer book, I am writing in Spencer's voice, and I want to make sure that I'm doing that uh, as, as authentically as possible. At what point, Ace, did you know that this was going to be the last one, when you set out and started this one or when you finished it? Uh, you know, I knew from I signed up for one more book, um, and and there was some point I was going to do nine, and you know there was some debate, you know whether I was going to do one more or not, and and I I knew going in this is going to be it, and again I think part of it really cinched it was, you know I have a I have a bookshelf that has all of the first editions of all Parker's books, and then continues into the books that I wrote, and the bookshelf was getting very crowded, you know it can only hold about it can only hold about fifty hardbacks. And I think I had space for one last one. So I knew this was going to be mine, but I, I in no way wanted, I wanted to write this book. Part of the, uh, you know, the mantra that I had in, in writing Bye Bye Baby was, it's just another Spencer book. And it's another Spencer book, but it's not the end of a story. It's just another one of, um, you know, there's no, there's no end game with Spencer. You know, there's going to be, 
countless writers who will be writing this character from now on, just like I'm looking at my bookshelf right now with after Ian Fleming. There's been countless people doing takes on James Bond. And, and it goes back to the credit to, to Bob Parker that he created such an iconic character that people want to see more of him. Uh, but it's, you know, the time that I've spent with him has been extremely pleasurable. Um, getting to know Joan Parker was amazing. Um, getting to spend time... Uh, with Bob's best friend, a man named Mel Farman, was was just incredible. Uh, he was really almost my my guide and researcher in Boston when I first started doing this, and so uh, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. How do you come up with these names of these characters, like Bishop Graves, the leader of the Minutemen, and and Ramirez? <laughs> I don't know. You know, again, that kind of comes from uh, what sounds like a Parker character. You know, uh, you know, does this sound like something Bob would have come up with? You know, and again, that's the challenge. Again, it's not. It's not a character that I would have named necessarily that I would have chosen for a for a Quinn Colson book because we have very, you know, southern sounding names there, and there's a certain feel aesthetic to to, to my world that I write about in this area. Uh, but for that, you know, uh, that sounds exactly like somebody that that Bob would have written. It sounded to me like something that would have been in an early earlier Spencer novel. Did you always know that you were a good storyteller from a young age? Uh, I thought I was from an early age, and then I, I was fortunate enough to have a really good mentor that kind of knocked that out of me. Hmm. You know, and I realized I had a lot of work to do. You know, it's a work, and I think that's the misconception people have of writers. Uh, is I think the best writers, like uh, Robert Parker, uh, the, the best writers like uh, James Lee Burke or uh, Elmore Leonard or, you know, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, they make it look so damn easy. You know, Hemingway, God, it looks so easy on the page. And uh, you don't realize how much work and effort and how many trashed manuscripts, how many trashed pages, how many rewrites. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a trade and it's a job. And, um, you know, I, I sent a manuscript to a wonderful uh, writer and a very good friend of mine, a man named Tim Green, uh, 30 years ago. And I thought I had written, you know, the next... Uh, uh, you know, for whom the bell tolls. And, and um, I was fortunate enough to have a really honest friend that just ripped it apart. And I realized I hadn't put enough work into it. You know, it was like anything else. You just have to put the, the you know, the, the blood, sweat, and tears and work and work and work. It does not come naturally, uh, or at least did not for me. And I don't think it did for Parker. I think Parker got better with age, and I think uh, he worked like hell to, to get to the place where, where he, he eventually did. What genres, Ace, do you especially enjoy reading? Well, obviously crime, uh, but you know, I guess I don't know. I, I don't. I kind of really have tried my career, uh, you know, trying to go with books that you know are, are hard to define. I think genres sometimes can be very, uh, uh, you know, stifling to to reaching an audience. You know, there are people that I know that I've tried to say read a Robert Parker book or read an Elmore Leonard book or, you know, uh, you know Ross McDonald, and they'll say, oh, I don't read mysteries. And I said, well, that's not the point. It's not that it's a mystery. It's just a, a great novel. Uh, but I think I'm really drawn to a lot of Southern storytelling. Of course, being here in Oxford, Mississippi, I don't even know what you'd call it, Southern Gothic or crime, you know, Southern, you know, uh, noir or whatever thing, you know, I'm drawn to those kind of books. But, you know, I think all the elements of, you know, I just finished uh, the new Stephen King book, um, you know, I was kind of late getting onto it, Billy Summers, and it's a, it's a just a, one of the best crime novels I've ever uh, read. So I think with my background as being a former newspaper reporter and covering the crime beat and that kind of stuff, you know, in some ways uh, there's always had, there there should be a crime involved for me to read it, and uh, you know that could be Great Gatsby or that could be Sanctuary by Faulkner or that could be anything. But I think that um, that's a good way of being able to to talk a lot uh, about a lot of different social issues. 
you played college football at Auburn. Were you a big reader and writer back then through college? I was, yeah, yeah. Much to the, uh, you know, the, the the annoyment of my uh, my coaches. I had coaches that thought I ser- I could not be serious about football if I was sitting around and, and reading paperback books in my spare time. They thought I was a little, you know, they thought either I needed to be reading a either I think it was either the Bible or a. Um, I think somebody told me you either read the Bible or your playbook, but nothing else is worth reading. You know, of course, um, you know, I, some of the coaches I worked with, with were the most cerebral in the world, and I didn't, I didn't listen to them. But back then, you would have found me reading a lot of, uh, a tremendous amount of Spencer, uh, you know, and, and who knew that that was going to be a prep for my career years later. Uh, but I was always reading a book. I was always um, taking as many English courses as I did, and I was reading the classics, and I was reading anything I could get my hands on. Uh, and I was trying to write. I wouldn't say that I was a writer. I was not a writer yet, but I was somebody who wanted to become a writer. And it was only through you know becoming a, a journalist and, and having some really good editors that I think I got to the point where I could actually call myself a writer at that point. And speaking of writing, you're also a contributor to Garden and Gun magazine too, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I love that magazine. It's uh, it's been fantastic. I've been cont- uh, contributing it for them for uh, for quite some time, and I think part of that, um, you know, not writing Spencer anymore, and just writing, you know, my own world and my own, you know, the the stories down here where I live, uh, is going to allow me to do a little bit more journalism and more essays. And I just wrote something, um, you know, regarding the national championship about football. You know, I wrote that for uh, for them, kind of a tongue-in-cheek piece. And then I, I wrote a little um, you know, story about the, the death of the great soul legend, Sil Johnson. And so, you know, that's kind of my, my wheelhouse. You know, I, I love writing about movies. I like writing about uh, music. I like writing about music that comes out of Memphis. And, and um, you know, culturally, this is a, a very rich place. Yeah, now it is. And uh, I know you love classic movies, too, following you on uh, social media. And the Kentucky Theater right here on Main Street in downtown Lexington just recently reopened after uh, being closed for COVID. And they're showing the old movie, Sunset Boulevard, Philadelphia Story. Uh, So it's awesome. And a great old theater with a big marquee. So. Well, years ago, when I lived in Tampa, when I was a newspaper reporter, I used to go to the Tampa Theater, which was downtown. And every Sunday or many Sundays, they would show films like that. And uh, what a treat to mm. be able to, you, you know, you can watch them all you want on television, but it's not the same. Those those kind of movies like Sunset Boulevard or anything by Billy Wilder is meant to see, be seen in a, in a darkened movie theater with a bucket of popcorn. And you're fortunate to have that so close by. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Yep, <laughs> one of the best lines in all of, all, all of film. <laughs> So, are you you're done with uh, Spencer? Are you hard at work on another novel? If so, can you give us a sneak peek into what it's about? Uh, I am hard at work on a new novel, and of course, it's not a Spencer book. Uh, it is something that's definitely in my wheelhouse. It's uh, set down here in, in my neck of the woods, which is North Mississippi and Memphis. But it's not a Quinn Colson book. It's a uh, it's uh, it's a it's a book uh, you know that involves crime and involves this world down here. But uh, I'm taking a, a Brief hiatus from uh, from Quinn, but I think that that's probably going to be my project after this one. Um, I'd love to get back in the world of, of Quinn Colson, and you know that's my that's my character uh, in the same way that that Parker felt about Spencer. You know, being able to explore his own world in Boston through Spencer, and that's how I, I really explore this mid south, uh, you know, crazy world that we're living in right now is through Quinn Colson. So at some point, I'll get back to him. All right, Ace Atkins, his tenth and final Robert B. Parker. A novel, Bye Bye Baby, 50th Spencer novel is out now. Um, and you can get more info. Ace has a website, aceatkins.com. And he's on Facebook, too. Ace, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Steve. Always, always great talking to you, man. Thank you.
And this is Speaking of Writers.